And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also Mike, in a moment as we have another stop along this Oscar race, this Oscars road, another Oscar race checkpoint coming for you, where we are once again recapping some serious awards, news, buzz, and nomination, as well as some other stories that are impacting Oscar Sunday, Michael. Huge news. The SAG nominations are here. Screen Actors Guild definitely changed the races here so this is a checkpoint that uh has to be done despite our favorite movie ever hitting theaters uh right now i saw it last <laughs> night i loved it i can't wait to study it with you over the weekend god help you if you don't like <laughs> scream five i don't I, I can't imagine like you're so miserable like you can't mm. find it in your heart to, like i'm already furious with you at the prospect that you may not like this movie i'm just i'm irate you know, there were numerous people I talked to this morning alone that had dared to call me judgmental and a dick, and I don't know why they're where they're coming from with that. It's just beyond me. Uh, my defense mechanisms are so <laughs> it's high not just alert. you. It's there was not the first time I heard yeah. that. So I'm excited to torpedo this entire miniseries and franchise of podcasts. I feel like we're going to talk about Kristen Stewart for 40 minutes today, and yet <laughs> I'm still going to be walking on eggshells because mayhaps you may not love Scream as much as me and my brother. Did. I hope very much like I'm very surprised to hear that you were so high on it and I want to join you in that you know elation and that love and that just joy of being there I hope to be there this weekend I I hope you're there this weekend Jesus Christ you better you better be there you better it's love really it it's really a win-win for me you better point, fucking isn't it, love isn't it, it. it a win-win what, for no me. It no it is it's it's either joy or it's nothing it's joy <laughs> or it's hate that's you that's you in a nutshell right now we will not be spoiling Scream 5 on this episode. We did preview all the screen. We actually reviewed all the screams and previewed Scream 5 in the last two and a half episodes on our feed. Go back and check out the MMO Screams miniseries for that. But like you said, Mike, we have big awards news today, big noms to talk about. And we're going to talk about some big stories having to do with the Oscars right off the top. Yeah, the Oscars are going to have a host in 2022 as the CEO of Hulu and ABC has announced we got some rumors floated out there by the New York Post that Pete Davidson and his people were in talks with the Academy, negotiations with the Academy, and that was the story leading into the day, but it is now the night and... Now his people are reporting that, no, it is highly, quote, highly unlikely that he will take the job. I actually think Davidson would have been a savvy pick because he's getting exposure as like hosting weird random stuff. He did that Miley Cyrus New Year's Eve thing that had like six million viewers. And he's obviously carries a demographic. He Oscars and the Academy wants to trend younger. I wouldn't mind that. I think it's a little auspicious that his people say he's definitely not hosting the same day that Kanye West drops a lyric in one of his upcoming albums about how he's going to kick Pete Davidson's ass. Like, the only person, the only celebrity I've heard Pete Davidson actually actively talk bad about, in all seriousness, was Kanye anyway, years ago, on SNL, after Kanye accused everyone of bullying him backstage for wearing a MAGA hat. Like, look, Academy, you really care about ratings? Let Kanye and Pete host, and just have them fight on the stage. Just have Kanye and Pete Davidson fight 
Who's on not our Oscar that? stage. Who's not watching that? Who's not uh, tuning uh, in why to see would, that, even so, out of morbid curiosity? All right, so you're going to have to break this down for me. So Kanye mm-hmm. wants to submarine the Oscar hosting with a lyric in a song. No, Pete Davidson, Pete you're, you're, you're more out of the celebrity loop. Pete Davidson yeah. has been dating Kim Kardashian, and Kanye and Kim oh. just got divorced, and... There you go. One thing leads to another. Kanye bought the house across the street from Kim. His really penis creepy. got him in trouble again. Mm, exactly. There okay. you go. <laughs> that's, that's, where, that's where we land on that. But as far as other people who may not host, but at least there's been rumors and feelers out there for them. We talked about Tom Holland here. He's been reached out to, according to that same uh, page six article. He's been reached out to by the Academy. We talked about how his people have come out and said it's not very likely with the way his schedule lines up. But I think the one thing that's clear is that the Academy wants some one young and trending younger and they want to bring in young people with a young host either that or they want the rock who's just infinitely young he might just be for everyone i think but uh i know the academy queens want barb and star i know scott feinberg wants conan o'brien that would be great i know ann thompson wants uh whoopi goldberg sure i think you want steve martin I heard no, Steve Martin and no, Selena Gomez. No, I don't Gomez. want. What are you talking about? <laughs> you want you want Steve Martin, Martin Short, and I want Jerry only, the only murders in the building. Is I want the cast of Only Murders in the Building. This is your way of saying I'm old and getting that in there. Variety wants the cast. I I, I saw a story today that said Selena Gomez and oh, either or uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short. I've seen people talking about the same point we made a couple years ago when Kevin Hart was going through back and forth with the Academy about his hosting gig. It's like. People don't remember. There's really no upside to hosting the Oscars right now. It's become so toxic and poisonous. Yeah. And all you do, you're putting yourself out there just to be torn apart. I don't know that people like remember that, but look, like you said, the Academy came out and said we're definitely having a host, or at least ABC did. So we'll see what happens from there. Well, if they nominate like Gucci, No Time to Die, Spider Man, No Way Home, please do it, and Dune, and and all these movies that people love then maybe they don't have to put it all on the host and people won't take out their rage that these you know other movies win you know yeah, but I don't then know. how do just we how do we how do we reward power of the dog if we do that you know <laughs> but what if they just yeah what if they just award the movies that everybody likes but not loves and no, then yeah let's not let's not say crazy things here mike all right <laughs> let's not let's not go out on a limb all right we do have another piece of news michael about the critics choice awards yeah, they moved their date. <laughs> it's not Super Bowl Sunday, but it is Baptist Sunday. So they avoided at least one catastrophe and still managed to live up to everything we, I at least think about the Critics' Choice. Quote, we had no choice. Uh, we did not choose the date lightly, says uh, CEO Joey Berlin of the Critics' Choice Association there. Uh, we had contractual obligations with our networks and our venues and our sponsors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It, it fell between Super Bowl and the Oscars. We reached out to BAFTA. They believed us, and BAFTA came out, and then BAFTA said, yeah, we get it. It's it's COVID. It sucks. Uh, everybody's gracious. Everybody's holding hands. Sure. I, I mean, I, I don't know that I, you know, this is the only possible Sunday that would have worked. You couldn't have, like, flipped this to a Friday or a Saturday or something. I don't know. I'm All not the, the one guilds. scheduling it. Yeah. All the big guilds are on one weekend. And now all the now the two biggest precursors left are on the are the same weekend. Yeah. Like, what are we talking about here? This makes know. zero sense. I don't. What in the Sam Hill do they put on the CW every weekend of the year? 
Like, what is on the who? Who watches the CW on Saturday and Sunday nights? Who? Look, I know Sunday we're nights? salty right now. We're coming off as salty, but here's one thing I'll tell you: If Tay Diggs doesn't have like a hilarious monologue after all this extra time to prepare, and it's the same <laughs> Critics Choice shtick we've been stuck with the last few, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> the dad jokes at last year's Critics Choice Awards were just those weren't even dad jokes no that, that was just bad comedy there yeah that was just the the the, the we thought comedy had died we were like <laughs> we were like covid has officially yeah. murdered everything funny in our lives yeah because of tay diggs's humor and it wasn't even his humor it wasn't he didn't write it it's not his it fault it was bad to start off with like that forced zoom call that had no audio and like yeah just it was not a good time at the critics choice last year but okay you have time you have a date that you got hoodwinked into you got no escape from it you have to do it so so uh, guess what we're stuck with forward. again we're stuck with people. Half half of these are going to be Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. We're we're bending over backwards to put a date where we could have an in person ceremony, but half these fuckers are going to be on the other side of the planet <laughs> and zooming in. It's just it's the height of stupidity. Work it out. You know what it tells me? It tells me that they they just nobody has any sway or any pull and and, and can can make something happen says nobody has any power. We're forced to do it this way because the CW is airing whatever the hell. But I don't even I don't even have a joke for a CW show that sucks. <laughs> do you? What is a show on CW? Name me one program that plays on the CW right now. Go. Was it wasn't Vampire Diaries a thing for a while? Didn't that Name me two programs that play on <laughs> CW right now. You I could can't. say and anything. I, what, I would believe. I don't you. even think Vampire Diaries is still on. I think it's been off for a couple of years. So what in God's name are they talking about? I don't know. Maybe it has to do with the venue more than anything. I don't. I. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. Who in the middle of COVID is booking these <laughs> venues every single weekend, other than the Super Bowl? I don't know, man. I. I wish I had more answers, and uh, we don't. But that's what's on the I'm agenda. Still like... taking out my rage against you that you may not like Scream. Again, yeah, I told you we're really... starting it salty today. <laughs> It's a tough start for this episode, but uh, yeah, I don't know. This is so the Critics' Choice and the Bathers are going to be on the same day. We'll report on those as they come. Let's talk about the SAG Awards that did have their announcements for all their nominations, and we'll start with the biggest SAG Award of all: Best Ensemble. Yeah, otherwise known as quote outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture unquote. Though of course nobody calls it that. It's called SAG Ensemble. Naturally, the nominees are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, House of Gucci, you heard me right, and King Richard. Those are all the SAG Ensemble nominees. Leave some obvious snubs. The two Golden Globe Best Picture winners, both Power of the Dog and West Side Story, are left off this SAG Ensemble list. Only two times previously since 2010 have neither Golden Globe Best Picture winner been nominated in the SAG Ensemble category. And this is actually going to be the second year in a row that such a feat has happened. Otherwise, two big snubs from the Critics' Choice Best Ensemble category, The Harder They Fall and Licorice Pizza. In particular, The Harder They Fall was a surprise snub since it won Best Ensemble at both the National Board of Review and the Gothams uh, amongst 17 total Best Ensemble nominations during this season with a couple wins. 14 of the last 22 
NBR Ensemble winners got a SAG nom. Four of the last five Gotham Ensemble winners got a SAG nom. So a lot of people were picking the harder they fall for that reason. Unfortunately, it got the snub treatment. So as pundits, we are not allowed to talk about the Screen Actors Guild Awards without referencing their certain statistics and specific Oscars crossover history. Yeah, it just is not done, Michael. We need to reference these things. That's correct. So here it goes. We have, historically, Shakespeare in Love, Crash, Spotlight, and Parasite. Those are all high-profile SAG ensemble winners that did eventually go on to win the Oscars Best Picture. And, of course, on the flip side of that, there are high-profile SAG ensemble snubs, including three of the four last Best Picture Oscar winners in Nomadland, Green Book, and The Shape of Water. So what does this all mean? It means the SAG Ensemble Awards somehow set a recent trend of snubbing the eventual Best Picture for the Oscars before the SAG Ensemble Award was considered an Oscars Best Picture winner prerequisite anyway. Because for 21 years between 1995's Braveheart and 2017's The Shape of Water, Oscars Best Picture was at least nominated in the SAG Ensemble category every single one of those 21 years. Yes, but we're not done with our required reading and reciting stats, though, because meanwhile, the SAG Best Ensemble winner has only matched the Oscars Best Picture winner in 12 of the past 26 years. That's a 46% crossover. And that equals, somehow, what most people think is the most predictive award show, the BAFTAs, which also has a 46% crossover, 12 of 26 there. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to note that SAG Ensemble and BAFTA probably get more credit as being predictive for the Oscars Best Picture, but neither has as good as a Best Picture winning crossover as the Golden Globes. And granted, there's two Best Picture Golden Globes categories, but the Golden Globes have been sharing the one of their winners with the eventual Oscars Best Picture winner at a 53% clip over the same 26-year span. Yeah, that's 14 of 26 and 15 of 26, two set the record as most predictive in this 26 years is the Critics' Choice Awards at 57%. So what in the name of Bronco Henry does this all mean, Michael? (laughs) Well, for starters, it means the power of the dog and West Side Story are still very much in the best picture race. Yes. And it also means that neither can never not win best picture. I hope you're keeping up at home. Yeah, and and it means if either won the Grolsch Tiff Audience Award, the BIFA Best or the UFC scripter, that they're also still not alive. <laughs> not not make, alive or not alive? That I think they're not alive. I'm going to say ne- not alive. Not. Double, the, did I double negative the prepositional phrase or the, <laughs> the subject of the predicate? I, All we want to do <clears throat> is come out salty and angry and then just say things that confuse the listener into a frustrated anger. The that's stats where, that's where don't matter. Is. It's all it's not circumstantial <laughs> evidence because I actually looked up the definition of circumstantial evidence for this. That's not it. it I, I learned something about whatever it is you do in courtrooms. I <laughs> I actually think it it depends every which year on how things translate and move throughout the season. That's been my running theory. It just depends. Well, let me tell you what's going to depend this year. It's going to depend how well everyone's ready to take a House of Gucci Gucci Best Picture nomination at the Oscars, because let's talk about the SAG nomination tallies. House of Gucci 
I'll say it again. House of Gucci and the power of the dog led the field. They have three SAG noms apiece behind them as being the Ricardos. That's the only other film to get two separate actors nominated at the SAGs. Belfast, Coda, and King Richard all got one actor nominated in addition to their best ensemble noms. Otherwise, uh, there was only one nomination films for the SAG movie categories. It's worth noting that in years prior, both Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Bombshell had led the way with SAG noms uh, in recent years and both have fell short of being nominated in the Best Picture field at the Oscars. So if everyone's a little scared that House of Gucci is getting too much momentum, there's your hope that it's not for sure locked in as a Best Picture nominee yet at the Oscars. But it's also, it's got to feel pretty good about itself right now. I think momentum matters, but I don't think these stats matter as much as people say. That's all Probably I'm going to say at the end of this. I, I, I think, I think uh, House of Gucci is feeling good right now. It's going back into theaters, which is cool. And it, it's alive. But what is it alive for? Is it alive for the eighth spot? Is it, is it barely going to get in that tenth I'm spot? I'm going to say top one I mean, spot. <laughs> I think... If the BAFTAs nominate it, I'm gonna I'm gonna respect it a little bit more. But they're probably not gonna nominate it. So what does that mean? It means that, you know, the people who don't like Italians will 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 like it and, <laughs> and pick it. And that's probably enough for a, a screen actors guild quorum, but I don't know if that's enough. <laughs> How far am I gonna take this, Mike? <laughs> I was gonna let you hang yourself. Just keep going. <laughs> Look, I think I think it's a fun movie at the end of the day. I think that 10th spot in the best picture race should be for a fun movie. And I think you and I both agree. I'm going to continue to enjoy making jokes at house of Gucci's offense. Uh, yeah, I, I meant that. I said that right. Yeah. At the expense and in the offense <laughs> towards people who love that movie until the end of the season. And I'm going to enjoy uh, that practice. <laughs> Let's go more about the uh, the SAGs and the BAFTAs, the crossover here. All five SAG ensemble noms were included in the 15-film BAFTA long list. Uh, Belfast Coda, Don't Look Up, House of Gucci, and King Richard are all in there as well as you have other likely Best Picture Oscar contenders like The Power of the Dog, West Side Story, Doing Licorice Pizza, Tick, Tick, Boom, Being the Ricardos, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and The Lost Daughter. Those That's your full list of the BAFTA long list. Well, the 13 out of the 15, because there were two surprise. No Time to Die and the French Dispatch got in that long list over international films that many people were saying should be involved, yeah. uh, that many people were wondering, is the films not in English? Uh, are they mutually exclusive categories? I can report that I did read the PDF. And no, they are not mutually exclusive. So Drive My Car could have been nominated. The Worst Person in the World, etc. cetera, uh, could have been nominated. Last year's Oscars shortlist included multiple films not in the English language, like Another Round, uh, like uh, The Mauritanian, which was about half and half. And there's one more, The White Tiger. So. And you have to wonder if the BAFTA shortlist voting was done more recently based on the success something like Drive My Car has had more recently if they would have switched, like, a Drive My Car with a French Dispatch? Quite possibly. I think Drive My Car is a screener pile argument all of its own because it's a three-hour watch. So that's my thing. Like, I think people, if, if that gets loud enough, people could come around to it late in the mm -hmm. game. This is somewhat early in the game for a three-hour movie about Chekhov. 
and driving. <laughs> There's other snubs that weren't included in the BAFTA long list there. Nightmare Alley, Spider-Man No Way Home, Come On, Come On, Spencer, and Cyrano. Those are probably the biggest names that had Best Picture aspirations, either currently or at some point here. Bummed about Spider-Man. Like, I, look, I'm happy about No Time to Die. Kind of bummed about Spider-Man. I thought, it, I mean, the fact that it's not in the long list, that really hurts. That really hurts it for Best Picture, I, I think, unfortunately. I wonder. I wonder how the American Academy is going to handle it. We see how the British Academy handled it. Uh, and we're going to see how the British Academy handles some other big, big names as we can transition to talk about lead actress. And we need to talk about Kristen. We do need to talk about Kristen. Kristen Stewart of Spencer, the Vegas betting odds gambling favorite, the Golden Globe and Choice lead actress nominee, the Critics Award scoreboard leader with 18 separate wins thus far in the award season. Uh, thank you, Nesbex Picture, in your right-hand column. Kristen Stewart was snubbed by her own guild, Michael. Uh, the nominees for the Screen Actors uh, Award for Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a Leading Role do not include Kristen Stewart's they name. They do include Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, Lady Gaga for House of Gucci. Did you hear that? House of Gucci. Jennifer Hudson for Respect, my apologies. And Nicole Kidman, being the Ricardo, shows up again. All right, so let's call each one of these actresses out as who was the fifth. Let's argue right now for 15 okay. minutes. Who was the fifth nominee? And, and let's just smear their names on the wall of MMO. No. We're not going to do that. I, think I was guns ready. I'm, I was so ready to go in. I was excited. That was the most amped I was, and you're taking it away from me. <laughs> Let's go at him. You're, you're going to go for Olivia Coleman first. I know. Just out of sheer, just like battle royale, grudge, eagle, evil eye levels of uh, anger. But no, I, look, I think, I think it's a close race at the end of the day. I think lead actress is stacked. So the question becomes like, where do we go from here? Are there snub powers for a Kristen Snewer? I mean, when we see when there's such a high-profile snub, we, we, we're going to see it with, like, Ben Affleck getting nominated by SAG after getting snubbed the year previous, right? We're going to talk about that later. I mean, it plays on academies. It plays on voting bodies. Or do these unimpeachable pundit stats factor in? All I know is that Neon did a great job with the marketing yesterday on Twitter. They called her the People's Princess with just that still. That's pretty cute yeah. right there. And look, as far as stats go and crossovers and Oscar success and predicting what might be there, like we're legally obligated. The fact that we're Oscars pundits, we have to, by yeah. law, required, or are required to mention that no lead actress has ever won an Oscar without first being nominated by the Screen Actors Guild. And between this... Mm -hmm. And the Globe's upset that's starting to all of a sudden not feel that much like an upset anymore. You got to ask, is Kristen Stewart going from what we thought was going to be a Renee Zellweger, Judy type campaign to more of an Ethan yeah. Hawke first reformed campaign? Winning all those critics awards in circles and being the presumptive at least nominee and maybe missing out on the big dance altogether. It's strange to make that comparison, but you're a strange guy. Uh, no, but it, it makes more sense when I when I think about it because Ethan Hawke was a Critics' Choice nominee after coming off of all the Critics' Awards wins, and he was winning that year on the Critics' Awards scoreboard as we covered it. Uh, he was winning big, and this particular year, 
Kristen Stewart's winning big. Now, I, I do think it's a little different scenario where Kristen Stewart was the darling of the film festivals, and we're dealing with a couple forces at play. We're dealing with the force of, you know, the front runner factor where she is given that spotlight, and with that spotlight comes not only a positive attention, but negative attention. It comes scrutiny. So when it's put in, when she's put in front of the Academy, when that performance is put in front of the Academy, I'm wondering, is this a veto have people watch the screener was it appointment viewing to put in spencer during these last few months and make sure they saw that or did they take her front runner status for granted and maybe it's a combination of the two maybe everybody thought she was going to get in and they picked five actresses yeah. that they just loved that they saw that they wanted to watch and maybe they're still bummed out about diana maybe half of them knew diana Back in the 90s. <laughs> well, I, I make the comparison to Ethan Hawke, too, because it's not like First Reform got nominated anywhere else. And if it was, it was going to have to be nominated on the back of Ethan Hawke being that like stalwart record setter and that pace setter for it. I would think that's what we're looking at with Diana now. I can't imagine, or Spencer, I should say. I can't imagine Spencer gets a, a hair and makeup or costume design if Kristen Stewart's not going to be there. Can you? Dude, if I mean, I know it underperformed in the long list at large, but costume design, cinematography, like I just rewatched Spencer and it was I mean, the the visuals of that movie should be there all day. Like production design should be there. as well. I agree. Like, again, I mean, we're going to cover the crafts in, in the weeks to come as we dive into the to the you know set decorators guild and the uh, muaz makeup and hairstyling guild there i mean we love to do that and that's coming and i'm looking forward to it i just i'm shocked that this movie is getting such a hard veto on the surface because it was so in our faces the episode did like gangbusters for us mike and yet when we think about that movie we think about our complaints on the movie we both gave it a b b plus but mm-hmm it was a bummer, and it was a composite of all of the worst rumors and stories from Diana's past. So maybe when this Academy looks at this, and again, half of them might be more worldwise and grew up knowing about the Diana more than we did, to where they recognize that the role is just like all of the terribleness thrown into one parade of sadness and despair. That actually wasn't exactly true. Like, she actually kept her act together pretty much in public always except for maybe i don't know except for maybe one weekend except when she was not in the public eye maybe that's true for this but that's my slyest theory about why this movie's getting thrown through the ringer right now because it is it is a trick it might be a considered a dirty trick to put the black swan treatment on such a high profile figure like diana hmm Crossover with the BAFTA's long list, those five nominated at the lead actress category at the SAGs are there, as well as Alana Heim for Licorice Pizza, Amelia Jones for Coda, Jennifer Lawrence of Don't Look Up, Frances McDormand for Macbeth, Renata Reinsev for The Worst Person in the World makes the list, Claire Rushbrook for Ali and Ava, Joanna Scanlon for After Love, Kristen Stewart for Spencer does make the BAFTA's long list, Tessa Thompson for Passing, Rachel Ziegler in West Side Story. Alana Hyam needed this. She's she's getting critics at Ward's attention. She's second to Stewart with five wins. Penelope Cruz is the big omission from the BAFTA long list. She's getting critical love, but Parallel Mothers is a very 
late-breaking film. It did not get the path through the international feature at the Oscars. Mm. We've been covering that. The Good Boss is there instead from Spain for political reasons, for obvious reasons, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, as Pedro said, I mean, if my movie got picked, I mean, I'm doing something wrong with the political <laughs> uh, you know, outrage that I'm trying to portray in Parallel Mothers. Jessica Chastain, Tessa Thompson both have three wins. Coleman, Reinsve, uh, Ziegler have two. Ziegler not getting SAG after the Golden Globes win. That kind of hurts. Otherwise, you know, we got to cross some names off the list. Jodie Comer, I mean, is, yep. is, is her story over with the last duel? She's very good in that. I don't know if I needed three 45-minute chunks of the same narrative. I probably needed two. Like, who needs the Matt Damon part of that story? Anybody? <laughs> like, I, I get the he said, she said, she said. I can't speak, but why do we need the he said, he said, and she said? Oh, I don't. That made no sense to me. Emma Stone, say la vie. I, we loved mm-hmm. her in Cruella, but doesn't look like it. Uh, Shiva Babies, Rachel Sennett, probably more indie spirit this year. Rooney Mara, you ne- never had a chance from Nightmare Alley. Marion Cotillard and Halle Berry performances that I think we both saw some highs in, but not going to work. And then, you know, another indie, Isabel Furman. These were snubs that Clayton Davis and Scott Feinberg featured on their list in their top 20s. I agree with uh, them in many a case there, Mike. Probably the end of the road for a lot of, if not all those names. I would agree. We can move on to the maybe less controversial lead actor category. The SAG Outstanding Performance by a Male Actor in a Leading Role 5 go to Javier Bardem, maybe the biggest surprise being the Ricardos is there, Benadil Cumberboo, The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith, King Richard, Denzel makes an appearance for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Denzel Washington getting this nom. The Tragedy of Macbeth doing very well in the BAFTA long list. Uh, that's, that's a lot more momentum than I thought it'd get. And uh, I should never underestimate the theater kids and the Shakespeare mongers and the. Didn't I say Macbeth was the one that was yeah, waiting in the wings and I could see it, it get more momentum? It. And, yeah, and you I like saw the movie. And you, yeah. And I was mad at the movie because I didn't love the movie. And I like. Do you think I love having these kind of powers, Mike? Do you think this is a burden for me? I just, I tell the, and I tell the people and the townsfolk rebel against me every time. It's a curse more than it's a blessing. I'm I'm told uh, (laughs) every day by you. Every minute of every day. Every day. Every time we're on the phone. So (laughs) the rest of the lead actor, BAFTA long list, Riz Ahmed from Encounter. He was very good at that. Uh, Adil Akhtar. I can't wait to see Ali and Ava. Mahershala Ali is very good in Swan Song. Times two. Uh, Bardem, Daniel Craig, No Time to Die. No Time to Die did very well with the long list. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Power of the Dog. Leo, Don't Look Up. That SAG snub hurts Leonardo DiCaprio, but uh, he is alive in BAFTA. Otherwise, Peter Dinklage, Cyrano, Adam Driver, House of Gucci. How dare they? Uh, Andrew Garfield, (laughs) Tick, Tick, Boom. Stephen Graham in Boiling Point. Talk about a composite of all these things that go wrong in a restaurant. That movie is very well made. Total and complete bullshit. <laughs> I worked at a restaurant. Give me a break. You might get one of those things a month to have 17 of those things go wrong in the same movie. I'm sorry. Why do I pick this time to take my, take things out on movies? Because I need more of what we're watching. That's why. Your fault. So I'll blame the you. floor is still yours if Cooper, you want to keep going. Cooper Hoffman of Licorice Pizza is number 12. We both liked him. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix of Come On, Come On. And then Will Smith and Denzel. That's your 15 in the back of the long list. Mike, you got some snubs here from Clayton and Scott. 
Jude Hill from Belfast uh, does not make the list. Simon Rex, I know there's a lot of fans and supporters of Red Rocket out there. That one never really got off the ground, nor really did Nicolas Cage for Pig. Uh, Ansel Elgort for West Side Story, if you want to call that a snub, I guess. Clifton Collins Jr. for Jockey. Your favorite. You were a big fan of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie Me, of, I love uh, that movie. I actually, I, I auditioned for it. They went with somebody <laughs> else, though. Uh, Anthony Ramos from In the Heights. <laughs> Hitatoshi Nishijima for Drive My Car. Oscar Isaac from The Cowd Carter. The, oh my god, I just missed the up cow, those two words. The cow the, counter? <laughs> the cow counter, the card counter, and Matt Damon from Stillwater, the critic scoreboard thus far for lead actor. Cumberbatch leads the field with 16 wins, Cage has 8, Garfield 5, Will Smith with 4, maybe a surprise, and Nishijima has only 2. I'm surprised by the lack of recognition for Drive My Car from the Sags, as much as I am surprised by the apparent love of being the Ricardos. We said our last episode, Mike, we thought we had three nominees entrenched in the lead actor field, Garfield being the third alongside Will Smith and Benedict Cumberbatch there. And I, you know, I would not have picked any voting body to fill the other two slots with Denzel and Javier Bardem. No, no Richard Dinklage, no Leo, no Cooper Hoffman. A little surprised by that. Yeah, no Leo Driver, no Andrew uh, Craig. No, you just you just turned into both our parents there in that delivery. You said uh, Leo, uh, Richard Dinklage. Yeah, I did. I, I knew that wasn't wrong when it felt bad on the tongue, and I just went with it anyway. I'm well, just... at least I didn't, you know, stop the whole thing and make fun of you for thirty <laughs> seconds. No, I think uh, I, I think uh, Hitatoshi Nishijima would have been fun. I like. It's really strange that BAFTA just kind of after last year just going. You know, British Independent Film Awards crazy and international film crazy because of their voting uh, rules. This year, it's it's very different. The long lists had different voting procedures, and they're now going to have like uh, two nominees selected by the the group at large instead of all five getting picked by the twelve person committee. Mike, so th- it's different this year. They put in some safeguards. They don't want as many high-profile snubs like Carrie Mulligan, etc., at this year's BAFTAs. So BAFTA might be back as, as, a, as a predictive precursor again, maybe more than ever. Potentially. He does look like a Richard Dinklage in my defense. He looks more, I'd say he looks more like a Richard Dinklage than a Peter Dinklage. If you say so, I... Yeah. I that's a hill I'm going to die on. Disagree. I'm, I'm ready to die on that hill. <laughs> I disagree because that's not his name. And it is I, not his name. There I appreciate that. the rationalization, though. The, mm-hmm. the quick, immediate need to rationalize. <laughs> Let's go to supporting actress here. The five from the SAGs. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role. Katrina Balfe from Belfast makes the cut. Kate Blanchett from Nightmare Alley is here. Ariana DeBose from West Side Story. Kirsten Dunst, Power of the Dog. And Ruth Nega in Passing. So all five of the actresses are in the BAFTA long list from the SAG Ensemble. However, Kate Blanchett's in the long list for another movie. She's in for Don't Look Up. And her Nightmare Alley role... Just like Nightmare Alley struggled in the long list in general, mm. not there. So otherwise, Jessica Buckley, Lost Daughter, uh, Anna de Armas, which I love from No Time to Die. She was cool in that. Surprised to see it here, but I mean, they just love their Bond. And, and, they and really do. I wonder if they're treating Bond like the Emmy Street, a long-running TV show that's finally hit its end. That's what it, that's what I'm getting off of BAFTA's love for Bond here. They should, and it needs to carry over to the other yeah. Academy, I hope. And Dowd clinging to hope. Mass is having a hard time, uh, especially with the with the with the guilds thus far. The early well, fuck. 
especially with the Screen Actors Guild, not a uh, not a selection in the group. So, uh, and you have pundits writing the movie offs, but and Dowd still alive uh, here with the long list. Judy Dench from Belfast, the actor. I mean, er- we saw cannibalization in terms of these categories, Mike. We saw yep. we saw it throughout the card, and it hurts uh, to have multiple, you know, contenders from the same movie in the same category. Ajinu Ellis. The biggest snub, in, in our opinion, yeah. of the SAG on uh, of the SAG supporting actress, but she is in the long list. Catherine Hunter is in for the tragedy of Macbeth. Again, they they loved the tragedy of Macbeth in this uh, uh, BAFTA Academy here. Rita Moreno, Vinette Robinson of Boiling Point. She was really cool as the as the other chef in this. She had some toe to toe scream offs with. Uh, you know, Mr. Graham there. I mean, it wasn't with just with Graham. It was with the hostess. That was that was something to see. Meryl Streep, Don't Look Up, Anya Taylor-Joy, Last Night in Soho, the other uh, 10 of those 15. So going over some snubs that didn't make the uh, long list here, nor the SAG field, Marley Matlin from Coda, we've talked about a lot. Mm. Uh, Nina Arianda from Being the Ricardos, Gabby Hoffman of Come On, Come On, Olga Meredith from In the Heights, Dakota Johnson, The Lost Daughter, Rebecca Ferguson for Dune, which had some momentum, especially amongst film Twitter. People yeah. were kind of banging the drum for her. Sonia Sidney from King Richard, Haley Bennett from Cyrano, Regina King, The Harder They Fall, Sally Hawkins from Spencer, Molly Parker from Jockey, which again is the movie I did audition for. I was the horse. Martha Plimpton from Mass as well, uh, missing BAFTAs and SAGs here. The critic scoreboard for this category, uh, it's been Ariana DeBose, especially lately, but overall it's her as well. She has nine wins. Ruth Nega has eight. Kirsten Dunst has seven. How close are these numbers? Anjanu Ellis does have five, and Ann Dowd has four. I, I, I still think if you put Anjanu Ellis in there and maybe take out Kate Blanchett, I maybe I, I, I don't know who you take out, but I think I think we have four of the five that we're going to see on Oscar Sunday. That are it's here hard in SAG to as handicap well. the race yet, especially after we're all so rattled with Kristen Stewart. Because what the punditry says matters to us more than it matters to these academies, in a way. And that's I, I, it's true. So who is the fifth to get booted out? I, I don't know. Kate Blanchett is really freaking good in Nightmare Alley. Mm. So it. It might not be Kate. Kate Blanchett might be more entrenched than we think. Go figure. In terms of the eyes of the Academy, fast forward a month from now. So we really don't know. And it might be a story of someone like Kirsten Dunst getting a veto later on or Ruth. Nat- we don't know. So that's that's it's hard to talk about these categories in a way where the power rankings are clear and obvious. And I, I do want I do think that good point. Kristen Stewart snub represents that and i think that's more of a common occurrence than we than we think now that being said ingenue ellis should get some snub powers in our opinion right i mean we throw our opinion out there she should get uh, another look from the academy and, and a reminder that she was awesome in that movie she's stealing scenes in that movie and maybe it was sanaya sydney also being very good that you know a bit of vote sharing there I don't know. I appreciate the analysis there. I don't think you're wrong. I think it is uh, early and it's, you know, we're still being rocked by all these nominations as to what exactly all of this means. But I think we can feel comfortable in saying DuBose leads the leader in that category right now, though, right? Yeah, I think she's leading. the. But we saw a category that was going to be mostly newcomers to the nominations, right? But now Kate Blanchett, as a former winner, 
she upsets that apple cart a little bit. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because the the award season ecosystem's a bit out of whack. The sequence out of whack. I mean, we should have had the critics award win already, and it should have went from critics to guilds to academies, right? That's the way mm-hmm. it should have gone, and it didn't go that way. And that's why that's why things are even screwier this year. Another screwy category is one where Jared Leto's involved. Let's talk about supporting actor. Uh, SAG outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role. Ben Affleck for The Tender Bar makes it. Bradley Cooper for Licorice Pizza because why not? Troy Kotzer can sit, continues his run that he's been on for Coda. Cody Smith-McPhee, The Power of the Dog, probably another front runner, And then America's hero and America's champion, Jared Leto for House of Gucci is in the SAG 5. Yeah, this is this is why I'm so salty today. This is it. This is. I thought it was. I thought it was my Parmigiani Oregano Alfredo Montoya Jr. I thought it was my fear of you not liking Scream, but no, it's what you just said. It's Jared. It's my jubilation over House of Gucci getting recognized by the biggest branch in the Academy. Is that what you're saying? He's fun. Well, let's let me remind people out there. He was recognized by this branch last year, right? For the little things, he got sick. It's the little things that keep you up at night. He got SAG, but he did not get Oscar because he was vetoed. We saw that. Like So I think this is more of how it works in the sense that these performances are now lifted up to the next voting body. And if they get a ton of backlash, it does matter one way or another. They're either going to close ranks or they're going to say, yeah, it's kind of silly what the last group of idiots just did, even though I was part of them. You know? Do you think House of Gucci being so accepted at this point as like just a ridiculous movie that has to help his chances, right? I think people had fun with House of Gucci because there's not that like fervor premiere. out there. Yeah, there's not that anger out there anymore of like, oh, this is ridiculous. Everyone's just like, oh, he's, we had he's fun insane. with House of Gucci. We had fun <laughs> with it, and I don't think I mean, I think the Italians were privileged people. So if they're making fun of just overtly Italian people, is it? that offensive to us i don't i don't know i mean we're privileged we're, we're we're first world problems here that we get made fun of a little bit and caricatured by uh jared leto uh, it would have been funny if somebody in the movie cut him and then all you could eat breadsticks from olive garden fell out instead yeah but of, this, this is blood. nothing new vigo mortensen just did it a few years ago and i was mad about that too right but you can you say leto that. perfected it leto I'm trying to get took at. it to another <laughs> level Leto's character belonged in the Mario Brothers movie. (laughs) With tiny head lizard people. Uh, Let's talk about the uh, BAFTA long list. Uh, We got David Alvarez from West Side Story. We're happy to see him there. Yes, Uh, We're big fans of that performance. Uh, We're big fans of the performances in West Side Story. Go figure. Bradley uh, Cooper of Licorice Pizza getting both the SAG and the BAFTA for... What, three and a half minutes of scream time? Can he win his acting Oscar for that performance? That would be awesome. <laughs> Where's Matthew with the screen time, please? I need those <laughs> tweets. When are those coming out? Uh, Benicio Del Toro from the French Dispatch, another bizarre nomination here. I love the minute. It's just it's just the most deadpan performance for of a of a Wes Anderson movie. Never mind 
any other movie. Yeah, but we're having fun with these lists, right? Jamie Dornan is one everybody everybody loves. Kiernan Hines is the same thing. Those from Belfast. Mike Feist makes it yeah. from West Side Story. Andrew Garfield from The Eyes of Tammy Faye actually gets some love from BAFTA, which I'm excited to see. Like Leto, uh, Troy Kotzer we already talked about. Woody Norman from Come On, Come On. Awesome. Al Pacino is on the freaking list here, Give Mike. me a break. Give me a break. <laughs> it's just, it was a screaming contest at one point in that movie. Like, it wasn't an ensemble <laughs> working to together in perfect to harmony. It, it might be the perfect film. It might be the only thing that I ever want to watch again. <laughs> Jesse Plemons of The Power of the Dog. Just adorable. Uh, op- acting opposite his, his real-life wife and Kirsten Dunst. I'm ignoring you. Mark Rylance <laughs> from Don't Look Up. I think he we deserves both- it. We both Roman handshaked on Mark Rylance. I'll give you that one. He's he's a bizarre, terrifying... It's a chilling... It's a chilling depiction of a billionaire. Um, Yeah, it wouldn't be chilling and terrifying if it wasn't so, like, close to home. Exactly right and true. They were... Oh, it was Gabrus talking about... (laughs) If you had to spend a week talking to Jeffrey Bezos... I or, heard this. Yes, this was a great this conversation. This is the funniest <laughs> thing. Let, let's just botch the joke. It's just uh, Jeffrey Bezos, or who's the other billionaire in this regard? Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Who would you rather have a week long conversation with? <laughs> or the third room, there's a bullet in a gun. <laughs> the third room, there's one bullet with one gun. <laughs> oh, dear God. Anyway, um, <laughs> Cody Smith McPhee and J.K. Simmons. The last of the shortlist there. No Ben Affleck from The Tender Bar. No Ben Affleck from The Last Duel. No Ben Affleck from that basketball movie that we hated and everybody else loved. No <laughs> Ben Affleck. 15 years ago. <laughs> it came out a minimum of 15 years ago. <laughs> what is going on with supporting actor? Well, Cody Smith McPhee, he's leading the critics' scoreboard after his Golden Globe winner. Because of his Golden Globe winner, the Golden Globes just copied what all the critics said. We don't know. Say Golden Globes again. I shouldn't say Golden Globes that often. They're in the penalty box. <laughs> Troy Kotzer has five wins, most notably Gotham. That gave you know he gave a great speech there. Jeffrey Wright, he has three wins. He's not in the shortlist though, even though he's pretty awesome in the French Dispatch. He's got a whole story to himself in that one. Uh, we got uh, Cooper somehow with two wins. Like Mike, I love Bradley Cooper in that movie. It's absurd. It's like an SNL skit. It's what are we doing? But it was the reprieve, too. Like, we, there was few people more uncomfortable watching that movie than probably you were. And I, you laughed at Bradley Cooper. I did. You, you enjoyed his, his distracting He played a complete and total a-hole. Right. For five minutes of screen time. Here's your Oscar. <laughs> Here's your Oscar, because we probably should have given you an Oscar before. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's we've seen that happen, too. High it's 1974. Happening. It's happening yeah. right now. Yeah. There's so much salt in this episode. The saltiest. Uh, let's get out of the saltiness. This episode's though. bad for your blood pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Cholesterol. <laughs> I didn't say that right. Going through the roof. All right. SAG stunt ensemble. We have no salt for this category because we're actually pretty happy about it because there's no West Side Story in here. There's no, you know, over the top Oscar magnet in terms of, you know, I mean, Dune, we knew Dune was going to be in here. but No got- Spider-Man, though. No Spider-Man. Black Widow, Dune, The Matrix Resurrections, No Time to Die, and Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. 
Spider-Man would have been nice, but I, I still think, I mean, this in terms of the stunt work, I get why those other five are there. Like, Spider-Man, I mean, there's wire work. You can make the argument Spider-Man against Black Widow, but then, it, I mean, it's Marvel cannibalism anyway, so what does it matter? There's an awesome, there's a couple awesome fights in Black Widow, though, too. Like, we were surprised yeah, there were, by how there were. Goody, I'm not trying to take anything away from it. I agree. You got the WWE fights in Spider-Man, which was uh, surprising, right? Because yeah. they're going through walls. That, that was cool, but... I mean, the fights in Black Widow on the bridge, Shang-Chi on the bus. Holy Jesus. Awesome. I had a friend of mine tell me that he can't watch Spider-Man because he's sick of comic book movies. And I was like, man, listen, I get it. I completely understand you. But you're so wrong about this movie. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the movie to take that stand on. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's the wrong time to to die on that hill. Or yeah. it's yeah, you just you're just missing out, unfortunately. Because it's it's just unlike any comic book movie. But yeah, that's a that's what happened. But all right, let's talk about some TV selections before we walk away here, Mike. Yeah, I, I think uh, SAG made some noise on the TV side as well with the snubs. MJ Rodriguez opposed. She just got the Golden Globe win. We're all kind of bummed out that she didn't get the chance to make the big speech on the night, even though she uh, went on Instagram and gave that speech there snubbed here at SAG. Issa Rae of Insecure, Hannah Einbinder of Hacks, and Jessica Chastain of Scenes from a Marriage. High-profile snubs in the actress categories. We make mention of the TV stuff. We're not exactly TV pundits except for a couple days a year, so uh, we'll leave those debates up to you, dear listener. We're going to go back and talk about three more of the BAFTA long lists here. Yeah, I'm forcing Uh, you to talk about these, I think. And that's good because I have not read this part of the script, so here we go. We'll talk about (laughs) animated feature, doc feature, and international feature. Let's start with films not in English for the BAFTAs list, Michael. My key contenders are all here. Drive My Car, A Hero, the hand of god the worst person in the world lamb i'm pretty excited that lamb is still here even though i know yeah i'm a hypocrite uh you and swell are not happy about that i'm your man you can be as happy as you want about lamb but you need to be equally as happy that house of gucci is still in the running those two films on the absurdist scale no because i have you as an antagonist and therefore i'm allowed (laughs) not to enjoy what you enjoy which makes me somehow even more afraid that this speech right now is going to make is going to somehow turn you against scream of 2022 is that all happening? i know is you you are so convinced i'm a true wwe heel that the next time we record in person i'm going to hit you with a steel chair <laughs> i want to fight jared leto can i fight jared leto in a pizza parlor can i he'd kill me he just trade for morbius i've done fat boy kettlebells two times a week <laughs> and I think I'm tough again, but J- Jared Leto is someone I'm angry with. <laughs> Are you equally as angry with bad luck banging and or loony porn? I can't. Could you remind me? Is it bad luck banging or loony porn? Which did you choose of those two choices? Uh, Jared Leto, because my answer is Jared Leto. <laughs> uh, no, I mean bad luck banging or loony porn. I've, I've, I'm all talked out on that. I, I think I'm your man. Compartment number six. These are Oscar shortlist entries that I was not surprised to see on the BAFTA long list. But I, I will say, having not seen all of the Oscar shortlist yet, I'm pretty excited about this BAFTA long list, Mike. A lot of my top 20 films of the year are in this long list. Petit Memon, Teton, uh, Riders of... Uh, I can't I can't give a French uh, pronunciation. Riders of Justice, that's very clear. Uh, yeah, clearly a Denmark film that was just ass-whooping from start to finish. Go watch that. Parallel Mothers gets the nod over the good boss here, so that's pretty... 
cool and some poetic and political justice there. Otherwise, Paris 13th District, it's like the 15th awesome black and white movie of 2021, and uh, that gets some love. So some cool selections. I have not seen The Most Beautiful Boy in the World, and I have seen Bad Luck Banger, Looney Point. And you're better off for it. The Oscar shortlist snubs in this BAFTA long list include Great Freedom Playground, Luana, A Yak in the Classroom, which we've talked about on this previously, Hive, Prayers for the Stolen, Plaza Caterdra, and The Good Boss, which is something you've mentioned here previously. In animated feature, we have a much shorter list of seven. That's including Encanto, Flea, Luca, Mitchells vs. the Machines, Raya and the Last Dragon, Ron's, Ron's Gone Wrong, and Sing 2. This is it's a lot a of list. listing in this episode. I, you're turning yeah. into Snoop Dogg on some of these uh, titles, and I, I just I'm, I, I can't help you. I can't help you mid rant. <laughs> what did you t- Plaza Caterja? What did you say? We are an hour into this episode, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I enjoy these animated features with one Italian exception. I even kind of liked yeah. Ron's Gone Wrong. Perfectly harmless, enjoyable little watch about the end of humanity as we know it. I'm sure that's how we're all going to die. Just some stupid little robot toy for our kids that that turns into like this robot takeover, like iRobot. That's what's happening. That's how we're going to die, all of us. Yeah, and it's also the Mitchells versus the Machines, too. Yeah, it's the same movie. Yeah. Uh, you liked Bell, which was an animated feature that was snubbed here. We may, we may not have been eligible. You were a big fan of Bell. Eric Weber saw Bell. He was a big fan of Bell. Yeah, it was cool not to, to be see found here. Yeah, it's cool to see critics. I don't know if it was eligible. I couldn't find the list, but this, the long list is not very long. It's just seven films here at BAFTA. Otherwise, My Sunny Maud, that was the Golden Globe nom. Uh, Netflix struggled. Vivo, Back to the Outback, Some of the Gods, Wish Dragon. None of made, none of them made this long list, so a rough year for Netflix. They were spread a little thin. Uh, they still got Mitchell's in the Machine, so I know Andrew's happy. That's one of his favorite movies of the year. Uh, in the in the mix, even though, you know, that they, that was a weird snub at the Golden Globe. So, yeah, yeah I mean, animated feature could still go in a couple different ways. Like, if Flea is going to late break at the end of January. Could Flea mm-hmm. come back into it? Will that be the, this, this year's the father of the Sundance film that comes back from a late-breaking, you know, uh, theatrical launch? I don't know. As far as Doc Feature, there's only five in common with the Oscars shortlist uh, that the BAFTA's longlist has put out there, Michael. Yeah, Billie Eilish, The World's a Little Blurry, Flea, The Rescue, Summer of Soul, and The Velvet Underground. I'm pretty happy about four of those five, and uh, I'm really happy for Billie Eilish's movie that we both just saw in Roman Handshaked mm-hmm. Over to try to find some common ground with you at the end of this episode somehow. <laughs> It's the second time you've referenced the Roman handshake, and I'm starting to question what I do in my spare time when you're around. Uh, you've, you've also had a big year for documentaries in general. I mean, Becoming Cousteau is on here, The Lost Leonardo, The Real Charlie Chaplin, and Sparks Brothers. You've reviewed them all previously. You've, all, you've had glowing things to say about all of them. They all show up here on this long list. Yeah, and two films that I can review that also are here, which is cool. Again, the documentary field this year was just so deep. There's really yeah. like 40, 50 good movies. I saw like 120, something ridiculous uh, at the end of it. And that's not an exaggeration. I, I stopped counting at like 95, and then I watched another 20 documentaries. Uh, it's no joke. Jackie Collins, Lady Boss, and 14 Peaks, Impossible is Nothing. Both are on Netflix. 14 Peaks is about a, a mountaineer, Mike, who's climbed the 
14 highest peaks in the in the world, 8,000 feet or higher, and he he set a speed record. He did it in like a few months. Uh, this is Nirmal Persia, and his he's got the it's like a great movie about a great team a great sports team he's got all these guys supporting him they go from peak to peak some of these are are just impossible climbs and they they make it happen uh otherwise jackie collins lady boss acclaimed author of hollywood wives so there's definitely like this uh hollywood uh behind the scenes of all these 1970s 80s parties component to this uh documentary because she becomes this best-selling author author in the 80s and 90s uh, so if, I guess if you love like, you know, movies about charismatic figures of the 1980s who become like these talk show circuit phenomena, then Jackie Lady, uh, Jackie Collins, Lady Boss is is kind of a fun like highlight reel in that regard. Another doc on Netflix there. Jackie Lady Collins Boss. Uh, other things on the long list you have not Plaza, seen. Tina Cataras, <laughs> Richard Cal- Dinklage. <laughs> JFK visited Jackie Boss. The, the most beautiful boy in the world. Uh, it was one of those episodes from us today, people. I apologize. I, uh, uh, it's been a day. It's been a day. It's been a week. It's been a month. Lots going on. I think we're both just wanting to sit down with Scream again and again and again this weekend. So that's that, I can honest to God say it's all I've thought about in terms of movies for the past week. I have not, like, I know a lot of stuff's come out with the Oscars, but I have been so, like, just worried and hopeful and, like, now worried about how I'm going to react to it because you did like it so much. It's I, it's all I'm thinking about with movies. I am such a nervous mess that you're going to hate it. And I, I can't believe this is this is where I'm at. And I, I almost did. I wanted to lie to you that I seen it. I, I was going to lie to you today. I, I thought like, you would. I'm surprised you were honest. I was on it because I was like, all right, if I tell him I haven't seen it, then there's, there's no conversation. But if I tell him I've seen it and I, I, I refuse to say anything about it, then he's going to read into that. Or if I mm-hmm. tell him I've seen it and uh, I kind of slow play it, then he's going to read me like a book again. And at the end of the day, I figured I would just get mad at you. And that's what happened. <laughs> and I don't know if that strategy is going to work or not because I want you to like the movie. I'm just I'm happy we're. T- I'm just happy we're a team. <laughs> I'm mad at you that you may not like the movie. I you haven't even seen it. You what? end this. You end this on being mad at me beforehand. <laughs> what Teamwork is wrong with makes me? the dream work? <laughs> we're gonna see. I, I hope to see it a couple times this weekend. I'm very. I'm very excited. But now I'm in a can't lose situation. I may just tell you I hate it just to, even if I like it. You. But you're gonna have to pull that off through the next episode. Mm-hmm. So you're that convincing. You can lie that well. I am a sociopath, Mike. Who do you think you've been in business with? How much do you really like the Jared Little performance? Wait a minute. This is like that needle drop at the end of the... Is this Fight Club? What just happened? Ed Norton at the end of... Yeah, I'm not going to ruin any movies, but... The accent all of a sudden went away. Um, Guys, what matters most to us is your thoughts and opinions on the BAFTA long list, on the SAG nominations, on the Golden Globes, if you're still talking about those. What do you think about the Oscars hosts, and what do you think about the Critics' Choice going toe-to-toe now with BAFTA Sunday? Let us know your thoughts on that, as well as any other comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire. You can leave us all those on our social media, as we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MMNOscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com. Dot com and on Reddit, we are available.
available wherever you hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on the Apple Podcast app or on Spotify, if you'd be so kind as to leave us a five-star review on either one of those, we thank you very much for everyone who has done so. Michael, uh, you've already hinted at what's coming next, so uh, let's get some words of wisdom as well to get out of here. Yeah, if the Screen Actors Guild snubs you, there's still a path to victory if you're nominated at the South Dakota Critics Association, the British Independent Category of Documentary Thespians, and the... (laughs) Where, where am I? Where else can I go, Mike? I think there's one more that I'm forgetting right now. The uh... Showtime at the Apollo. Showtime at the Apollo. Oh, you let's can do a stand-up at the Showtime and not get hooked off stage. Yeah. Let's form an improv group. <laughs> Never look back. The second episode, I'm ending on that, huh? I thought I liked your advice at first. I thought I was like, "Oh wow, this is good." This is he's referencing. <laughs> you were buying this. it. You were buying yeah. it. I was delivered it with a. Yeah, uh, I was in with conviction. Uh, so maybe that's how that's what I should have done. I should have lied through my teeth about scream. What lie would you what? Like, so where would I be at with you if I said I hated it? You would have been mad at me the whole episode. Yeah, I would have been upset. I don't know. I don't know. how. I've realized something about myself in the last couple of weeks, Mike, is that's that I'm never going to be satisfied in life. <laughs> well, look, it. if you put me in a position where I could have been like, all right, if I tell him I love it. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be mad at me if I tell him I hate it. He's gonna be mad mm-hmm. at me if I tell him yeah. <laughs> it's mediocre. Yeah. He's yeah. gonna be mad at me. So this That's is correct. this is revealing everything right now. <laughs> Wild card, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you better like scream. That's that's my words of wisdom for you. Otherwise, Fingers there's crossed. gonna be there's gonna be hell to pay on Monday's recording. Fingers crossed, guys. You have to have the time of your life at this movie, <laughs> and if it's not pure, unadulterated joy, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> when reality or your interpretation of the new scream movie sucks. You can come get ready for the award season with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.